Did You Have To is a proud member of the But Why Though podcast community. Hey everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Did You Have To, the podcast where we look at live action adaptations of your favorite anime. As always, I'm Kate. And I'm Nisha. Oh fuck, do you go or do I go? Oh, it's been a while, hasn't it? It has... I think we're talking about initial D today. Yeah, let's do that. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys. Oh, but before we do that, let's talk about anime. Ah, crunch time. Crunch time. Uh, do you want to go so first? I'll go first because I watched okay. something really, really cool. Um, so I watched five centimeters per second on Crunchyroll today. Oh, we should probably say what crunch time is if this is somebody's first time listening to us. Mm-hmm. Uh so Crunch Time is the part of the show where we talk about the things we watched on Crunchyroll uh, since the last episode and make some recommendations. Um, yes. So mine is five centimeters per second. It is a very emotional, romantic, depressing, uh, <laughs> like three part series. Um, okay. It was directed by Mikado Shinkai um, and it's... Uh, how do I explain it? Like, it goes in three different parts. Um, it's Cherry Blossom, Cosmonaut, and then five centimeters per second. And then mm-hmm. um, each part of those is a different part of a story. So it's set in Japan, and it starts in the 1990s, and then it goes until the present day. And each act is centered on a boy named Takaki. Um, and it takes place during a time, like, when cell phones were uncommon, and then you get to see, like, him adjust like his lifetime over this and him dealing with stuff um Hmm. and it's like a love story and a sad story and i don't want to say too much because i don't want to ruin it um because i definitely want people to go see it um but it's really touching it's one of those japanese movies like in the vein of your name where like you're just gonna ball um and that's that's it you're gonna cry so get tissues I was just about to say, because I Googled it just to, like, have a reference. Like, did the same people who made your name make this? I don't think they did. Okay. But because, and I think this is also comes from, like, me not being in Japan. Like, I don't, I don't really look at a lot of people's stuff. But I do know um, that, um, let me pull them up real quick. The only reason I asked is because when I Googled it, that one came up oh, too. Oh, actually is. Yeah, he's, he's the director Ooh. of your name. There you Yay. go. I was he right. He worked on your name. Yeah, there we go. He worked on editing, photography, Dope. color, and design. Nice. And your name. So, yeah. I might yeah. go ahead and watch it when I'm ready to have a cry. Yeah, it's really good. Um, it's really, really well done. Um, and then, um, just kind of something to keep... I don't know if it's going to be on Crunchy, but I went to go see... What was it? What are we... Oh, at the start of How to Train Your Dragon, we went to a place that does fan, uh, Fathom events. And there was mm-hmm. a Fathom event for an anime movie called uh, Some- I Want to Eat Your Pancreas. And I don't know what the <laughs> hell it is. But, is it white? like Oh, it's sorry, weird. Go ahead. It's like, it's like it- a romance thing. But is it about a girl who becomes a zombie? Is it? I'm going to Google it real quick because I think I read the manga. Of course, I'm, I'm not surprised by this. This is why we're friends. Yep. <laughs> okay. Uh, so is that what it is? Is she a zombie? Is that why it's called I Want to Eat Your Pancreas? Because it was just crazy that we're in the middle of How to Train a Dragon, and this it, it says um, it was like it was like come see I want to eat your pancreas. 
Oh, no, I can't tell from the poster. I know, but I don't think it is because it doesn't look like the characters from my from the manga. Mm. But but guess what? There's a live action of it. Well, guess what? We're going to be watching. <laughs> <laughs> sold and if she's a zombie cool I do want to know why it's called that so I'm gonna have to find that hope that's on Crunchyroll mm-hmm. is it we're gonna find out but I'm down <laughs> anything that sounds creepy <laughs> and there's a love story oh, exactly wow. nice um or watch it could just be like a cannibal. We could just like all be getting fooled. Like what? There's like this anime that looks like it's all fluffy and fun, and then it's actually murderous. She's really just a serial killer who eats people. I'm cool with that too. <laughs> Oddly enough, <laughs> I mean oh. I am too. Nice. Okay. This is people why we're learn friends, so much about us on here. Yeah, they, they're probably concerned, honestly. Um, but no, that bit. sounds good. I'll definitely check that out just because, like, I did love your name. So, mm-hmm. uh, like, it made me, like, just really excited. Like, I haven't enjoyed an anime movie like that on that same level since, like, Hayao Miyazaki movies, like, Spirited Away. Yeah. But, like, no, I feel you. They're, like, a new aged one. So, I like mm-hmm. it. And there's uh. also this thing, too, that, like, I've had this. I don't know. I've been wanting more animation that's, like, really good. Mm-hmm. Not that, like, stuff is not good, but, like, I've been wanting more storytelling and, yeah. like, I don't know. Relatability. <sighs> yeah, maybe that's it. Because I, I guess... I've also just been in... Oh, go ahead. No, no, you go ahead. You can go ahead. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, I just mean... When I say, like, relatability, I think I, I like that the characters are, like, grounded to a certain degree like with your name the most supernatural thing is that they're able to switch back and forth between bodies and yeah. do all that but like truthfully it's like the issues they're dealing with is like oh the girl like has a really hard relationship with her father and the boy mm-hmm. is like he's like he seems like the perfect student on the inside but he's also dealing with his own crap and then like then the story develops into something deeper along the way and I think that's cool I like I think I like that whole part about it but it, but then there's like a simple story of like it's a boy and a, it's about a boy and a girl trying to find each other yeah and then you add in the element of the supernatural of like oh they can a- actually been able to switch bodies I don't oh, want to yeah. spoil anything for people who haven't seen your name <laughs> but yeah oh it's so good though like and it, it's subtle it's also one of mm-hmm. those reasons and this is like not in the world of anime but um the k-drama while you were sleeping yeah it's essentially about somebody who can see the future but it's so like it's still grounded even though she has a supernatural power and other yes. people around her start getting it too like it's it's something about animation or stories that have this element of fantasy to them but are Mm -hmm. still real that just kind of get at you like Um, the way the characters react to the situations is real like that's and i I think that's what i mean by relatability too it's just like holy crap they're freaking out about switching bodies or like the characters reactions Mm -hmm. to things like oh you have a crush it's not some like how most anime does that whole like thing with love where it's like they drag Uh, it out it's like oh we're just gonna say it and see what happens Mm mm-hmm 
Yeah, and I think that's also been one of the reasons why I've been having a hard because I love shoujo and I love watching, mm-hmm. I love romance animes, but I'm I guess I've just hidden. I don't know if it's because I'm like in in pretty much married relationship that it's just kind of like, <laughs> oh, why are you just like talking to each other about this? Y'all gonna kiss? Like, right? who are you all gonna have goes- an adult relationship? You're you're yes. working like, come on. But see, um, that goes to why we like Multicoy so much. Because exactly. they at least <laughs> it's about actual adults dealing with relationships and they're nerds. They find out they like each other when they're drunk. It's so good. Yes. Oh. Like who hasn't confessed to a crush and be like, you know what? Why don't you just date me? Or like how how he just says like, well, I would play video games for with you and I would mine like stuff for you and I was mm-hmm. <laughs> it was adorable. It was the also. Cutest. And I, th- I think I've shared this on the on, on my other podcast too. But like the first time I told Matt I loved him, I got really drunk because I was super scared to do it. <laughs> so it hit me in all my feels. Um, but yeah. So what did you watch? What did what did you watch on Crunchy this this past I, week? Two weeks? Yeah. It's yeah. It's been a while. My bad, guys. Kingdom Hearts came out, so it's my fault that this is out a little bit later than usual um, oh you did you did straight up send a message hey i got kingdom hearts tonight can we push this yeah i did say like can we please push so i can have at least like you know four nights so i can play constantly and thank you for being an awesome co-host and understanding my needs it's okay um, and then my life got crazy and i was like sorry nisha i forgot that we have a podcast and we needed to record nah it's fine they're good y'all are good right yeah, they fine. They're good. Um, They're good. They love us. <laughs> yeah, I hope so. Um, but yeah, so what I watched, I finally finished Darling in the Franks. Um, Ooh, okay. Yeah, have you seen it? No, but I've heard of it, and I think I have it in my crunchy queue. Yeah, so I'm just going to read a brief synopsis. So in the distant future, humanity established the mobile Fort City plantation upon ruined wasteland within the city where pilot quarters, I can't say that word, Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Basically, you know what? I'm, a bunch of these names are hard to say. Just know that teenagers are flying Gundam-ish things. Um, I'm probably doing a terrible job. Someone at me and give a better job, like, description. But it's, again, it's the trope of, like, children being children's soldiers to protect adults and listening to adults <laughs> who do not have the children's best interest. So the kids are, like, following this leader. His name is, everyone calls him Papa. Um, you find out, and this is, like, a bre- <laughs> this isn't a spoiler, like, all the adults have lost the ability to, um, have, like, their sexual organs do not work anymore. So they've lost the ability ah. to procreate. So they're literally growing children to become soldiers. Um, now, the way these robots work, they take a male and a female pilot now the position that the po- that the robots is are- this yes sorry sorry I, th- I get in a gif in my head and yep. i th- keep going keep going no it's just like the- so the position and i'm probably using the term wrong but maybe i'm right it's just like the female co-pilot is like taking back shots from the male pilot um, this is the gif Yep, that, that is the gif. That is the gif. And it's just like, when I was watching it, I'm just like, I'm just going to finish this. I'm going to finish this. And then as I continue to watch it, the female pilot takes on all the pain that is inflicted on the Franks. That's what the giant robots are called. What? So, so they feel all of the, 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 the pilots have to work t- together. So compatibility is huge. 
and they so fight it's these like, things called the Cloxosaurus. So it's like drift compatibility, but like, okay. Yes. Oh my God. Yes. So like Pacific Rim, but yeah, lots of sexual innuendo and their children. Uh, now I'm not saying this is a terrible anime. It's just like those are the things that made me uncomfortable because they're truly ch- <laughs> they have like I say children. They're probably all over the age of 14, maybe like they're on the cusp of 16. Um, yeah, but that so there's that, and <laughs> there's, um, the other part of it is that so like society's kind of gotten past like they've evolved to like not needing sexual relationships and like use of their sexual organs so like the adults have given up that desire um for themselves and everything but the children still like are going through puberty and changing and learning about their bodies and it's like some things are just like oh what do you mean but like babies aren't had that way anymore we don't like what do you mean like so like to them they know that like babies aren't they don't know really what sex is but then like Uh, things happen yeah so it's like you just see these like it's like this bizarre thing of like imagine if someone took some kids dropped them in the middle of nowhere gave them minimal supervision and then like you bust in like this one girl her, her name is zero two um she's pretty awesome but she's the one who's like the smartest one of them all and just like what do y'all talk about this is what your bodies can do but not like ah. no one's having sex or anything well they do later on which is another problem no I'll, I'll just go watch and you go tell me how you feel it's just like they don't re- like they learn about all these things it's like if you drop children off into a house to be by themselves and you did not teach them what sexual education was yeah all I'm thinking of is the, the 80s movie The Blue Lagoon and yes yeah yeah i mean okay there's good action and fighting and, and giant robots but yeah the whole the franks look really cool if i'm remembering correctly yeah they look cool they're modeled after the girls yeah yeah uh, i just it's so weird like that's like the one thing that kind of like i wanted to do a little research on it this but... is the this is the one that has the the girl in like the uh, like the kind of like red Evangelius suit with like the little red horn things. Yes. Right? Yeah, that's okay. zero two. Okay. I. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I actually want to watch this now because I'm like really curious. Yeah, I will say it is. Uh, it's interesting to watch because you definitely see like the psychological nature of the children who like they're going through puberty, they're going through emotional changes, and it's like it's like the everything they're feeling is almost frowned upon because yeah. of like the society has basically said just like just listen to Papa and like one day you'll be able to become adults and it's just it's that classic trope of like let's use children's soldiers to fight this ah. dangerous evil and so let the majority of anime yeah it really is every <laughs> anime let's put the children at risk it's okay it's in capable hands but at the same time you're like is anybody caring about these children and their well-being <laughs> and then they're also along the way learning how to take care of themselves and how to become independent and like so I, I definitely like those parts of it it's just like you really get to see them grow into their own like persons too okay but, yeah and there's element there's romance ish yeah 
So I'm this done. Is I feel like I've done a terrible job of explaining it just because there's so much with this anime. This is interesting because I the first I saw the first I saw this this about this anime was just that gif of the person getting into the piloting position. Mm-hmm. I was like, what the hell even is this? And I thought it was a I thought it was a hentai for the longest time. You think that it's like it is probably <laughs> two degrees. It is two degrees from becoming hentai, and <laughs> it, is, it is that close. Just because like when I first watched it, I'm just like, so you really had to design the robot for the girls to be bent over and then the boys like it's literally a cockpit okay sure why not anime and i'm just (laughs) uh, yeah but also i think does a good job of explaining like consent compatibility not being forceful with your partner like stuff like that is kind of like touched on just like you have to be compatible with someone yeah so that's really interesting actually okay yeah so i took things like that away from it it's just like okay they really do have to work as a team together and talk and communicate like there's even a part where like the girl's like stop being so forceful and, like, and it's true oh, like they ha- and okay. the boys have to be considerate of the girl's body like the girls are putting their bodies and their men- their mentality on the line the boys do to some extent really too. compelling a little bit yeah once you get like, past a few of the other parts, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like I'm, I'm guessing. So, is it is it like edgy or like what? Do you know what the genre is? Um, let's see. I mean, it's definitely mecha sci-fi romance action. Like that's okay. what it's tagged as. Like there's elements of etchy, but it's not like I'm trying to think of, like the most etchy anime I can think of. <laughs> uh, the one that comes to my head is my girlfriend is a show bitch. <laughs> Maybe, I don't know if you've yes. ever seen. I don't know if you've ever seen that, but that's like that. That is the like that is the most hentai adjacent etchy that I've ever seen. I didn't complete it. I didn't. But the title intrigued me. Look, I've seen some stuff lately on dark on the dark side of anime Twitter, which has like effed me up. So oh god, that's just oh. clips. I'm just like some of y'all need holy water. <laughs> I'm not, I'm, kidding. I'm not shaming anyone for their kinks. I just I have to learn how to like. I'm not shaming some y'all. I'm but. not shaming y'all. But I'm gonna have to tell Kate like when we get off of here because like what the clip that like <sighs> popped up on my feed. I was just like, what? How did this end up here? God. I mean, I know I thirst, but I'm wholesome. <laughs> it's a wholesome thirst. It's a wholesome thirst. I to just a, say I want to climb extent. big nasty. That's it. <laughs> oh, it's true though. <laughs> oh, oh god. Gosh. Okay. Oh, um, okay. Sorry, guys. Uh, so let's get into initial D. Yes. Yes. Initial D. Um, I picked this one because Nisha was grounded. Yeah. Um, <laughs> am I ground, uh, am I done yet being punished? <laughs> you're done being punished. You can come Yay. out of the shame corner. Yay. Um <laughs> So Initial D is a 2005 Hong Kong movie based off of the Japanese manga and anime of the same name. It's directed by White Kong Lu as Andrew Lau or uh, White Kong Wait. God, I'm apologies. I'm not pronouncing this correctly. Probably because I think Cantonese and or Chinese names are usually the ones I'm like least familiar with because I don't take in as much mm-hmm. of that media. Um, but Wei Wei Kong Kong Lao, um, he's credited as Andrew Lao as well as Alan Mack. Um, 
It stars Sean Yu as Takeshi Nakazato, Edison Chen as Ryosuke Takahashi, and Jay Chow as our main guy, Takumi Fujiwara. As you can tell, they didn't change um, the names or anything really, setting or anything like mm-hmm. that, to go with the Cantonese language that the film is in. I believe it's Cantonese, if Netflix yeah. isn't lying to me. Um, no, can- it has Cantonese and Chinese. I watched it in, I think, the original one okay cool yeah um so it's one of the two um and it was it was really interesting because this i think this is the first movie that we've seen that was directed by another um it it was still for an asian audience but from Mm -hmm. a different country than the original country it was really interesting to see what they did because essentially everybody in the movie has japanese names all of the from what i can understand and i am not japanese and i am not a I don't know anything about it other than what I've consumed in in in, in popular culture. Um, it looks like all of the writing was in Japanese, like on the store signs or at the gas station and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but they just spoke in, in Cantonese Mandarin, which was really interesting um, from that perspective because they kept it pretty much as true to the source material in um, location and names, which yeah. was really interesting. I agree. Um, and so the main thing is initial D is um, if you follow Takumi after he wins his first uh, dr- uh, drifting competition um, and he focuses attention on drifting solely and he is unknowingly perfected while just messing around in his dad's car, um, which is a Toyota AE86, which is important because it's like the shittiest car out of everybody that, that he's facing. And yes. he just whoops everybody's butt because unbeknownst to everybody in his friend group and his dad while he's been delivering tofu he's actually just been racing um i believe it's mount uh uh, akina 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 Mm -hmm. um he's been racing down mount uh, akina by himself um just and and they show him in the film like he'll have like his um his hand up against his cheek and just driving with one hand and drifting like it it's a way for him to like decompress from like a mm-hmm. super stressful day and a stressful life because his dad's a drunk his yeah. dad is a not a good parent abuse as hell yep yeah um it's it's bad um mm-hmm. but this is how he copes Mm-hmm. Um. So there are a lot of differences from the anime, but the main story is still the same. Uh, essentially, one day the Red Suns show up, and the Red Suns is an unofficial racing group or an amateur racing group, and they want to race the King of Mount Akina, which is his friend who just made up the name, and the guy can't drive <laughs> at all. <laughs> at all, he is the most annoying. It's so bad. I mean. Mm. Because the kid, his friend just gets kicked out of school and just like, I'm going to be the best racer. That's what I'm going to do. And I'm just like, oh boy, this was definitely an anime first. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I just like, I wish I had watched, I got through like three episodes of the anime, but I wish I had watched more to like get more of a sense of that character. Because I'm just like, are you like, are you this way? Like, why are you this way? You are terrible. Like you, you were just a terrible child. <laughs> oh, <laughs> and yeah. friend. he's horrible. And yeah. he's drinking milk all the time, which is really Ugh. weird. 
Like, I don't, I don't understand it. Drinking um, milk and just the most spoiled. Like, your dad is very concerned about your safety, and he's just like, buy me this car. Buy me this car. Exactly. Because um, um, his, his dad owns the gas station that they work at. Because um, mm-hmm. Takumi has two jobs. He works at the gas station, and he delivers tofu. Mm-hmm. Um, because somebody has to provide for their family, because his dad isn't. Yeah. Um, uh, anyway, I mean, it's a really simple plot. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm more interested in some of the pop culture stuff that has happened around it, in all honesty. Um, but, I mean, this movie, it was made in 2005, but it feels like a 90s movie. Thank you. Okay, so I was definitely going to say that. Because when I saw the year it was made in, it just, all of it feels like it is like a snapshot of the 90s. Yeah, I mean, and to put it in comparison, and this will come up later, uh, Tokyo Drift was came out in 2006. Yeah. And that Set one... Also yeah. in Japan. <laughs> yes. And that's like kind of like my reference for like street racing in Japan that, that all I had, like as far yeah. as like movies go. And I was just like, huh, this one was made not too far away from this one. And it just looks like one looks so much more dated. Than the mm-hmm. other one. Like, I don't know if it's I, just, like, the how it was shot or what. Yeah, so I think I think they purpose... So I don't know, because I couldn't find a lot on this, but I think a lot of it is because they were trying to keep true to the anime and the, mm. or the manga. So the manga series ran from... Um, 1995 to 2013. And then the anime ran from 1998. And it actually... End, I mean, it ended um, after 26 episodes, but then they have initial D second stage, initial D extra stage, initial D third mm-hmm. stage, initial D fourth stage, uh, initial, D, initial D extra stage two, initial D fifth stage, initial D final stage, and then uh, another three movies that are initial D the movie, Legend One Awakening. Wait, New the additional anime D movies? the movie. Yeah. Oh, okay. I thought you meant live action. I'm like, there was more than oh, this. Oh, no, 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 no. Anime movies. Um, okay. Which is funny because, it, so when you like look them up, so it's uh, New Additional D the movie, Legend One Awakening, Legend Two Racer, and Legend Three D- Dream, you would think that they would have like way more up updated animation styles but they don't they look like straight 90s anime and if you're an anime fan you know the differences between like 70s 80s 90s and 70s 80s 90s and today um the difference is an anime style um the Mm -hmm. way faces are drawn the way hair is drawn um but what's central to it is this 1984 uh toyota a86 which is what takumi drives and i think that that because they were trying to be so true to the material, they had to center it around a time where, mm-hmm. yeah, the Toyota is a crappy car in comparison to the GTR and the other stuff that the other guys are driving, but it still is within the same year model-wise. Um, so I don't remember if in the movie they tell you what year it is, but I think that they're placing it in the same time period uh, as the anime. That would make sense then, because I don't think they ever mentioned what year it was, which would have been like, maybe it could have been like on like something like a sheet of paper or yeah. whatever. But at the same time, I'm like trying to think, did I see a cell phone? Like a, I don't think I saw a cell phone. Yeah, that's usually like my, that's how I date movies. Now, like, did I see a cell phone or was it a flip phone? Okay, you know, we and like was the flip phone a razor or was it something else or was it a Nokia? Okay, mm-hmm. we know we know what year it is or what year range. So yeah, that's what, <laughs> interesting. 
Um, the other thing that's really cool in the movie, too, is that it utilizes pretty much an all-English soundtrack. They, okay, yes, it did. Because there's, like, a good mixture of, like, hip-hop, if I'm not mm-hmm. mistaken. From what I remember, I feel like I watched this movie, like, last week. Um, I watched a little yeah. bit of it over this week before we recorded. But, like, I noticed, like, a lot of, like, hip-hop and then, like, I'm trying to think, pop-ish music? yeah. Like, I think it's like hip hop and then like pop infused with hip hop. Yes. Might, like might be very beat driven music, I mm-hmm. guess. Uh, if it wasn't hip hop, it was beat driven music. Yeah. Um, but not like techno. It, it, yeah. Yeah. It, it's weird. <laughs> and I was just like, I almost wanted to do like a search, like who was the like who like who are the artists behind this music? Because I'm like, well, it's in English, but like I have no idea who like who did this soundtrack. Yeah. Um, I mean, I know that the albums for the anime were really, really well, like, they sold a lot and Mm. they were well received. And then I think if um, I looked it up earlier, but the live action films theme songs ended up selling, I think it was like over a million units. Um, So, like, people loved this stuff, um, which is understandable. Yeah. but so if you go, if you and, and I actually I'm, I'm speaking from actual experience here because little known fact, Kate's been in a car multiple times when it's been drifting because my <laughs> cousin's husband uh, is, in fact, an ex street racer. So I got to know a lot of this. Um, his what his favorite anime is Initial D. And my cousin was pretty much my sister for a long time. So I got to like bond with them that way. Oh, um, nice. But within street culture, um, street racing culture, and especially within the drifting scene obviously initial d is like one of the cornerstones stone cornerstones of pop culture for them and it's the same way that like fast and the furious one is mm. um so it, it's it's really interesting and if you don't know what drifting is drifting originated in japan in the things like mid 1970s and essentially wow. what happens is as you're approaching a corner you overturn your wheel and it causes your back tires to lose traction and so instead of turning along with uh, turning with the curve of the road, you're actually skidding along the side of the road. Um, mm. And that's what gives it that, the smoke and the sound um, makes it really dangerous, yeah. um, which was like one of the things in the movie, like the thing that sets Takumi apart from the other drivers is he, him just messing around delivering tofu leaves him to develop a technique where it's mm-hmm. called like a, a gutter shot, where he essentially puts his tires in the gutter of the road. So think of like a really small section of non-road that he's able mm-hmm. to control and get ahead of the other car. And the way they show it in the movie is actually really, really cool. Um because it gives a close-up of the tire doing that. Um super dangerous. Um yeah. but now drifting is everywhere. Um it's uh and essentially like you it's one of the reasons why gearheads really liked the like the first few movies of fast and the furious and like this is like titles like drift king and stuff like that that is an actual real thing in japanese culture um so yeah that was that was some knowledge that i don't think anybody knew that i had (laughs) that's i think that's awesome that like firsthand knowledge of it it's also terrifying it is so it is so terrifying oh no i Um, believe it 
because you're you know you're you're like writing around a little uh i don't know if it's i don't know if it's a, pro, a culturally appropriate term I, I don't know but like they're called ricers in the street in the street community because of the sound uh, they make um and it, it it's imported cars from japan gotcha. um so i i don't know if that's i just know that that's what they call them got it um but they're cars that are built for drifting mm-hmm. so they're usually really really light um they're really loud um mm. In some aspects, and you can tell what type of racing a person does just based on how their car is, because in order to drift well, your car can't be super heavy. Like, racing mm-hmm. in general, your car can't be super heavy, but, like, drifting, you have to be able to control it. Like, it takes more control to drift than it does to race at 120 miles down a straight shot, um, which yeah. is what most street racing is. Mm-hmm. Um But it's like, yeah. yeah, my only experience that comes close to drifting is because we get snow here. And we have ice. <laughs> and black ice is not fun, but my That's like terrifying. Drifting to me is extremely terrifying. Like like cause I've seen people like take a turn on ice and like, nope, you did too fast. And then you see them like spin out and like I told you you did it too fast. <laughs> it's terrifying. That is so terrifying. It is. Like I had a friend, like we were in high school and she wanted to try drifting and I was dumb enough to like, yeah, let's try it. Oh Lord. Yeah, no, oh, it didn't work. Lord. We didn't know we didn't know what we were doing. We would we were in like the school parking lot after we came back from like a basketball game and we're just like yeah let's try it and then we realized we don't know what we're doing we can go home now that's so funny i'm like we're lucky we didn't wrap the car around a light pole like yeah like i just i think back on like stuff like that like damn that was dumb but like thank god we didn't know what that's we were doing funny. yeah so yeah at no, least you're in like a more controlled legit. environment Huh? Yeah, it was still. It's at least you were in a controlled environment. True. I never did that because I like I I was like my mom gave me ended up giving me their like broke down like Kia Sorento to drive. Uh. Like it had it had no working AC or anything, but I needed to get to work. Oh so my, my god, ass Kate. wasn't drifting that. Wait, oh my did god, you, Kate. did you drive a Kia Sorento? I drove a Kia Sophia. Ah! And it also was busted <laughs> down in the air condition. This is why we're soulmates. <laughs> Oh my god. Oh, at least you live in Chicago. I was like I was going in a Texas summer to go drive to goddamn GameStop and sweating my ass off. Okay, we oh. get summer here too and winter. I didn't have heat. Oh, oh god. And oh no. the doors okay, and the and the locks froze one year. And I Okay, like, you had it worse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That key, that car. Oh my god! It got me. I'm through in a Texas. Lot. I for, I forget that anybody else gets summer. Yeah, I know. It's <laughs> if you fine. get winter, I just assume you just get we winter. We get all the seasons. They're just like two months behind each other. <laughs> it's just it's weird. We don't get spring until June. <laughs> That's so weird. It's it's um, yeah. It's global warming is what it is. But sorry guys, we're getting off track. How, but Nisha, how can we have global warming? We just had a polar vortex. I don't know. You know, like. And all that ice and everything. It's not like it could have been dangerous to anybody who was homeless and didn't have a place to go. <laughs> Thank goodness that we know that global warming is not real. <laughs> We're going to pause uh, right there. Oh, and just wait till hurricane season. a little bit. God. Oof. Yeah. I hate, Houston. I hate, that, I hate this I fucking administration. Mm. Oh, yeah. I love, I love going to Houston. I will never live there. 
because oh, I don't blame you. I have friends in Houston, oh. and like my first like reaction when everything happened was just like, "Are you okay? Please tell me you're okay." And yeah. I, oh god. But then like I realized, oh, y'all are nowhere near anything. Y'all are fine. Like they were in a good area, <laughs> but I was just like, oh god. Yeah. Because <laughs> the first thing that goes to your head. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, back on uh, drifting. Yep. Um, uh, Initial D, the anime, is actually what's credited with real credited with uh, spreading drifting to everybody, um, uh-huh. to, to more outside of Japan, and really like making it ingrained within like the overall culture of Japan. Mm-hmm. Because it wasn't just a manga and an anime; they actually have a giant series of arcade games. Um, there's okay. like. Um, was it one, two, three, four? I have notes. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen. Ooh, that was a burp. Sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty, twenty-one, twenty-two, twenty-three, twenty-four. They have twenty-four video games. The majority Dang. of those games are arcade games, um, mm. which I've played Initial D arcade games a whole bunch. Um, and the cool thing with arcade games is like. I've played old ass like Time Crisis 2 from like the late 80s early 90s and it's still in like a Dave and Buster's today because you don't have to change out arcade arcade cabinets that much and so you mm. can go places and still find initial D cabinets um, and then in Japan they actually have replicas of Takumi's car that they put up with uh, to a screen and you can actually play in the car oh um, that's cool it's kind of cool um it's kind of cool um but yeah i mean it's it's like initial d like and one of the reasons that i kind of really wanted to do it was or this has been on my mind for a while is it's not that great of a movie like if we get into like how it's shot and stuff like there's a lot of like weird like i'm gonna take five pictures and now that's a shot of Mm -hmm. like weird camera still things um and weird slow-mos and it's it's not terribly great um but if you watch it you can easily see how much this type of anime and this type of street culture uh influenced hollywood um and Mm -hmm. influenced like the fast and the furious series in and of itself like a lot of people and i was trying to find if like if there have been like actual people not just reddit forums but there are a lot of reddit forums and a lot of car guys who are like yeah i love fast and furious tokyo drift but i love it because it's essentially an updated initial d it's literally Mm. initial d um true uh minus like the abusive dad because like that guy in Tokyo Drift, his dad was like actually nice and was like, son, please stop being a dick. I don't want you to go to jail. Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's true. But, his dad at least tried. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, because um, where Initial D is what kind of brought this to everybody and solidified it, uh, Fast and the Furious Tokyo Drift is what really brought it to the U.S. in a different type of way. So mm-hmm. brought it outside of like this... Um, like outside of otaku culture or even like deep street culture and brought it to like a larger audience because you could go into a theater and watch it and it brought a lot of people um to like oh i know what drifting is now um mm-hmm. and i'm assuming what probably led your friend to uh make you all drift in your high school parking lot yep yeah it was <laughs> i mean granted like it, we knew of it before <laughs> like before we experienced that because i think like what like 2000 i graduated 2010 2008 yeah <laughs> Yeah, 
that would that would have been around the time when we were trying to draft. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, just to say it here, my hottest Fast and Furious take: Tokyo Drift is the best one out of all of them. I don't care what you think. You can at me. Um. <laughs> I love you for who you are, and I also am not. <laughs> I'm also not like the biggest uh, Fast and Furious fan. Yeah. Um, that, that I, like the, I think this is where we diverge a little bit, soulmate. I like one and three. I don't like the new one so much. Like, I'll watch them oh, if they're yes. on, but, like, I like the... so. Okay, then we can agree there. I like one. Yeah, like, when Matt's parents came in, um, they stayed with us um, for Christmas, and mm-hmm. we all just watched the first three Fast and the Furious movies as a family. It was really weird. Yeah. Because, um, like, Matt's dad and brothers are all car guys. Like, his dad <laughs> is rebuilding a Chevelle from, like, the bottom up. Um, or from the chassis up, I guess, is probably the better reference. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, like, what are we gonna do? We don't really have anything. Well, I'm gonna put on something on on Netflix. Let's watch Fast and the Furious, which led us to watching the first three. It's better um. than ours. I mean, our, <laughs> my family, we watched What Happened to Monday and Bird Box. Ooh, those are both really good movies, though. Thanks. Yeah, we... But, like, watching that, watching the sex scenes with my grandmother was fun. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Probably should have gone with Fast and Furious. Um, yeah. But, no, okay, like, yeah, so, like, when it comes to Fast and Furious, I definitely just got tired of how convoluted the plots have become. And, like, <laughs> yeah. after a certain point, it's, like, family corona, uh, a big heist. But I do want to go see Hobbs and Shaw. That's because there's a lot of sexy men in that movie. Okay, so I think it was Charles, or no, it was someone else (laughs) on um, Twitter. They they added me. They're just like, this is I want to see because this is essentially Dragon Ball Super Bali in real life. Oh my god! Tell tell me I'm wrong. Tell us we're wrong. You got a super powered Idris Elba, who's like a superhuman strength. You got two oh strong God. ass men, one slightly smaller than the other one, and they both have different styles of fighting and handling shit. Tell me, and they Ooh. have to work together. I like this. Right? And I'm like, oh, I like this. Yes, so I much. will go see this movie with three hot men and fighting and trying to save the world. Because I like, okay, as much as I'm not a big fan about all of the Fast and Furious, I do like a big action plot, plot, plot movie. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna watch it because they sexy. That too. That helps. <laughs> I t- this is why my pitch for a movie with Florian, Wintus Duke, Florian Montanu, Winston Duke, and Jason Momoa would work. This is exactly oh why it would work. Mm-hmm. But I have to write it because everyone keeps telling me to stop pitching things on Twitter. So it might never happen. <laughs> I got yelled at Carolyn. Shout out to my other co-host. She was just like, take that tweet down and write it already. <laughs> Love you. <laughs> it's still up. Oh, it would be so good, though. Thank you. It's I'll- funny because I actually think Jason Statham's like the smallest man in that movie. Right. But I think he- he's not that short. He's like 5'11". Okay. He's not that short. But compared yeah, to the rock, he's, he's that's average short. Type. Yeah. Compared to like six four, yeah, six four, six five, yeah. Rock's a big boy. I just like how, <laughs> which makes him the perfect Vegeta. <laughs> yes, 
makes him a perfect Vegeta. He even he had I consider Vegeta to have a British esque accent from like the old anime. Oh, I'd be yeah, yeah. No, that's perfect. <laughs> oh God, oh God, Jason Statham is I, okay. I'm thinking about like all the roles that Jason Statham has had. He's totally fucking Vegeta. Yep, it's all he come together. Nice- and he has a nice, nice butt too. So hey, we'll give a shout out to the first person to take Dragon Ball Super Brawly and Photoshop sh- Photoshop those three men's faces onto those characters. Oh my God! Yes, please do, <laughs> do it, do it, and add us at dyht underscore pod. Thank you. Please you do. You will be doing a great service for your nation by by doing that. And us. thank you. Okay, we yeah. have to get back to talking about Initial D. Sorry, guys, we have yeah. diverged. Initial D. Um, but um, that's cool, okay, though. You can, about, yeah, like, the you whole, can talk like, about Initial D now. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, I said, like, you're the expert, because, like, I this movie was a bit of a struggle for me. And I think it's mainly because... <laughs> but it, it is mainly because of, like, what you said about how it's shot. Um, yeah. Just, like, I think that's what I struggled with the most. The story is pretty simple. That's why I, li- I did like the story. Um... But in regards to what is it? I found it interesting that like so I'll give some budget um facts about it. So the budget was twelve million dollars and the box office they only they made just a little bit over ten million. And that's you in US. Mm. Um so Okay. Like what the exchange rate is on that. So they came under a little bit and I I thought that was interesting because like essentially they made the same kind of movie at Fast and Furious would make like Tokyo Drift but they did it under like I think that's like a smaller budget than what you know Tokyo Drift yeah. took so I, I found that yeah, interesting it definitely was yeah so I think yeah, it's definitely a smaller budget yeah so I'm like I thought it was like wow that's interesting because I mean I think they did a lot with that budget like I don't think anything like mm-hmm. went to waste um the characters I'm kind of got tired of it's it it's Suki hold on I have his list up um, he's the spoiled son of the gas station owner. Yeah, I hate that dude so I much. I got so tired of all the gay jokes. Yeah, those don't age well at all. Never. Because, like, so one of the things, whenever it comes to, like, homophobic, homophobic jokes or even racist jokes, mm-hmm. um, if the character is a piece of shit... Yeah. And the character is making those, I'll give it a pass because those are put in there to make that character be a piece of True. shit, right? True. So that's fine. You're trying to get us to hate them. You're trying to show us how bad they are. Mm-hmm. But when literally every character you have is making them, yeah. I'm just like, oh. It did not age well in that it does, regard. It doesn't age well. Like, it, it, was, it was bad. Um, and then yeah. it was like stuff like as I'm like, oh, he's wearing a bandana at night. He must be gay. I'm like, dude, shit. Like, I, <laughs> that's how like irritated I was getting. It was just like he was just calling everyone gay that like challenged him or like didn't acknowledge him mm-hmm. as like the racing god. Uh, like so, oh, god. I guess I'm kind of just like getting into characters now. <laughs> oh no, do it. Get into them. Yeah. So like that was kind of my take. And then the dude with the dreads. I <laughs> I have questions about those dreads I, I just yeah I do so I get it this is probably gonna be another tangent but I genuinely do have questions about like because like obviously I'm I'm not black um but I'm, I'm curious as to how you feel about like because I've heard I've seen some conversations on on Twitter mm-hmm. in general talking about like um black uh, or uh Asian or Japanese specifically mm-hmm. appreciation of black hair and trying to like wear it in a, yeah. in a, like in and so like i've never known like it's it's always just been a, a situation that's 
or a thing that's intrigued me, you know? Yeah. Because, like, it's different. It's one of those things, like, how do these things go culturally and how do we look at them mm-hmm. from the lens of that culture versus ours? No, for sure. Um, so, like, no, I definitely, like... So this has been something I've thought about, too, because, like, we also kind of posed a question to people like, oh, we need like we'd like to have like more discussions like anime related discussions. So like that is something I've noticed in some anime and live action is just like the styling of black hair and then kind of the appropriation of it, because mm-hmm. it's a, like appropriation and appreciation are so it's a super fine ass line. Yes. And that's it's where it's hard. Fine line. That's where it's hard sometimes when it comes to character. When we're talking about characters and not like people, like there, like I know there's a video of like this hair, this barber manipulated. Uh, there in Japan, he manipulated a guy's hair so he had like kinky curly hair, like black hair. Yeah. Um, so that he could give him a fade. And I was just like, huh? I don't like, and it's it's weird because like part of me is like I get bothered when people like appropriate hairstyles and culture like in slang and then like they're they're, yeah. they're doing it mockingly where it's like uh, then there's people who just like li- appreciate the style of something so then they get that style but it's also i think yeah. it comes back to like what is their um attitude towards that group that that style has originated with because yeah japanese culture um definitely has a colorism issues Mm-hmm. Um, of their own. I'm not saying that as a whole, like for everyone, but like that's a, that's totally a thing. Like the commercials they've had featuring black people in them, they've made fun of them. And like, there's like the one commercial where they put a she puts a black guy in a washer, puts like bleach yeah. or something in there, and then like a hot Asian dude pops out. Yeah. So it's like with like smooth hair and like all like all this stuff. So it's like that's something that kind of like yeah. bothers me because that that's something that's like. Like they put it in an actual ad campaign, and that's happened in multiple campaigns where like they use a black person as an example, like as a bad thing, and then like oh pops out a like perfectly fair skinned person. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, the dress like mostly for me when I watched it, I was just like, this wig is terrible because all you have is oh it was a terrible ass wig. It was a terrible wig. That giant bandana to hide that giant bandana. Oh, I was just like waiting for it to fall off. Like the back, the back of his head must have been a goddamn egg with how high that shit was. It had to be because I was just thinking like those locks are too big. Whoever did this character's design, I wish you had used some kind of reference and like at least made them look somewhat more natural. Because it's not to say that people can't get locks. Like that is a hairstyle that people can get but they're gonna look pretty fucking terrible like both my sisters have locks <laughs> both of my both of my sisters have locks and if you don't take care of them they're not uh, supposed to be that fat unless you ask them to be that fat so like my my mom has totally made the joke about like uh white women um or actually anybody who's like not uh not mexican like really like appropriating like chola style mm. and she's like if you're gonna do that at least try to look good yes <laughs> That is really it. Like, just make sure they're done well. I think that's my concern. Like, make sure it's done right and well. It's like, when I've seen people get box braids, I'm like, nothing against you getting box braids. Like, you know, like, it's it's somebody on Twitter just trying, like, white girls can do it, too. I'm like, yeah, you can, but just make sure they do, they're done well, because or else all your hair is going to fall out. Mm-hmm. Like, I, like, if you're going to do it, at least do it right. But I'm like, I'm not going to, I don't try to, like, get into that whole, like, oh, look, we can do it better. And I'm just like, y'all are just doing this yeah. for reactions. But then it's like, 
what my issue is when it comes to appropriation, it's like the Kim Kardashian or the Kylie Kardashian thing where it's like, look yeah. at this new style I came up with. And like, those are boxer braids. You did not come up with oh, anything. Yeah. Like when fucking uh, Kylie and uh, along the same vein, the, the, the Jenner girls, yeah. the, the freaking, they uh, made fucking Chola style happen again. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, really? Like that, that is the perfect example, like where it's appreciation and appropriation. So that character can totally just like, I like locks. I like dreads. I'm going to get some dreads. Sure, dude. They look terrible on you because they uh, don't look like they're done right. But that, I'm going to blame that on the bad wig. Whereas like when someone like the Kardashians have done it as like, look at these new hair, this new hairstyle. I'm like, e, that's not new. That's actually something that's been yeah. done for ages. You that is appropriation. You're trying to resell something that's already been done by people. You could have just mm-hmm. gotten them and not said anything. And also, yep. when black girls do it, we're we're perceived as ghetto. Yeah. So it's like y'all are yeah. perceived as street and edgy and stylish and urban, and then we're perceived as uneducated and like ghetto. And I'm like, but even though like that's not true, obviously, like we can have like we can have braids and not be yeah. perceived. It's that just way. like it's like it, it's the fact that, and I think this is like the largest piece in the appropriation debate is like, do you wear them under understanding and respecting what happens to the people that also that 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 comes from right? Right. Like it, it's like. Are you just are you just wearing it and forgetting about all that stuff mm-hmm. and removing it from that because you have the privilege to do that? Yeah. Or because like Kylie Jenner wearing chola fashion and an actual chola wearing that, the chola is mm-hmm. probably going to get pulled over. And, exactly. You know, and like when I get a job interview, going into a job mm-hmm. interview with boxer braids, not unless they're yeah. done a certain way. It's the same thing with like yeah. No, I mean. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's the same way that, like, it was, in, in my opinion, extremely freaking revolutionary to see um, uh, Ocasio-Cortez to be in on the freaking floor to be a congresswoman wearing hoops and red-ass yeah. lipstick. Like, oh. that is amazing. She's like, awesome. She, like, she's a brown woman. She's Latina, looking like a Latina, wearing Latina, mm-hmm. you know, culture on her. And I'm like... Girl, this is amazing. As somebody who wears bold lipstick and is terrified to wear it to jobs. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> yes, I feel um, that. So we've had a, a whole discussion, but I, I would be interested if anybody who's listening to us um, is of another culture and living in Japan or of a different race living in Japan. Mm-hmm. I would like to know like their perspective on it because I don't know the demographics of Japan. For sure. Um, I would be interested in knowing that. I mean, all I know is from like the light little bit of research I've done. Where it's like, mm-hmm. you know, someone who like I like follow like Blavity, um, um, Afropunk, like different publications that have like kind of covered, yeah. touched on this kind of subject. And it's like and it's and it's and this is like more of like a worldwide um focus on it where it's like cultures around the world, like and, and I don't think it's just like black culture that like has been picked up around other cultures, but it is something yeah. where it's like you notice that certain things like it's like a, a trend, like a trend that yeah. like is like started off in the black community, like Wu Wu Child, like mm-hmm. like and like most people like knew know what Wu Child is, and that's kind of like a regional a regional thing, but also like a cultural thing. Like when I say Wu Child, and then like Wu Chile, and I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> but like, there's yeah. different degrees of it where it's like you know people might appreciate a culture and pick it up, but then like there's that fine line of it. So I would be interested in knowing like anyone who's like in Japan and if they observed anything like that too. Like, what are their feelings yeah. on it? Oh yeah, definitely. Um, 
Mm. Oh. See, we're having, we're having thought-provoking conversations on this podcast, Nisha. I know. <laughs> we got to, like, get, finish this one discussion first. Oh, we'll have time for, like, more thought-provoking <laughs> discussions. No, I think this is really good, though, because I do think, I think you're right in that, like, there have definitely been... Um, like, th- this guy isn't the first guy with locks that we've seen in a live action. Mm-hmm. True. We've seen, like, what, one or two before, right? I think so, yeah. Um, especially in, was it, Full Metal Gintama, Alchemist? right? And oh, Gintama. Oh, yeah, Full Metal Alchemist and Gintama. Both mm-hmm. of those had. Um, so it'd be really interesting. I'm interested to know, like, the cultural side from it, um, from, mm-hmm. like, a... I, from like either a Japanese perspective or like uh, you know somebody um, somebody who is black living in Japan and like seeing that side of it because um, I'm always sure. just because and a lot of it has to do with like um, I'm Mexican American which means I'm fully American to anybody who is Mexican from Mexico like my family um, my grandmother's family did not immigrate here like she mm-hmm. was born on Texas land um, we're indigenous mm-hmm. to this land um, so there's a lot of things that I look at that happens in like Mexican culture from Mexico and I'm like uh, this is fucked up or I mean not not fucked up <laughs> but like this is this is different and not right and not what I see Mexican to be and so mm-hmm. I always have to remind myself like okay I gotta put my myself in the head space of like this is Mexican culture coming from Mexico so it's a different it's a different thing and if it's something fucked up it doesn't make it any less fucked up um, yeah. but I'm always interested to learn like what is the difference there right because like like essentially somebody like colorism in Mexico is a lot different than colorism in the States, like from a mm. Latin, Latin community in the States. Yeah. Um, it's, it's like heightened to the like a hundredth degree in Mexico where like somebody who is my, my color, who's mestiza or like indigenous presenting like that type, like just being that dark, um, wow. which isn't that dark at all. It isn't mm-hmm. that dark at all. Um, is seen as a worker or less than because the the people with the most Spanish blood come out whiter, so mm-hmm. they have a different thing. So like um, me and my mom being the only dark dark, you know, and it's uh, like everybody in our family called us morenas, like the dark women, um, because we were we came out brown or noticeably mm. brown. Um, so it it long way to say, I always value. Uh, perspectives from somebody living in those communities um and i try to do really hard to check my like american my americanness <laughs> oh for sure same here like that's what my whole thing is too about like it's like i feel a way about this character who has locks because locks originated with you know from what i know a majority is like african-american culture like oh hell yeah there's a, there's a style I'm like and and this isn't like one of those things because i feel like people are, are quick to argue like well what about straight hair and what about black girls who get extensions oh and i'm like my hair can get straight too yeah it's not the same thing <laughs> it's not the same thing no no culture has ever owned straight hair like that's not a thing like they're manipulating your hair to do something and like that being mm-hmm. a style like that's something that came from a, a culture like that's my point. Exactly. Like I can, I can wear extensions. I can wear wigs. I can braid my hair. I can do whatever I want with my hair, just like anybody else can. Yeah. But however, what is the intention behind it? And then, are you also mm-hmm. being a dick to the culture that it's from? Is usually mm-hmm. like I is where I have an issue with it, because there's too many people yeah. who like black culture and other cultures, but they're racist or prejudiced. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So, yeah, that's 100%. where appropriation appreciation like excuse. Like you can like the culture but you don't hate the people. That's a that's mm-hmm. messed up. 
Um, you know, like the people who don't want tequila to leave but want to build a wall. Yeah. Or they no, they want the avocados. <laughs> they want the oh, avocados. God. But they and they want to go down Tuesday. there. They want to go down there for <sighs> spring break and shout build a wall. Oh. Yeah. I remember that happened. Um so yeah, let's talk about a few other characters. Uh so what's her name? Um uh the girl Natsuki. Am I saying that right? Huh, Natsuki? Natsuki Moji? Yeah. 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 So she plays the love interest of Takumi. Like, how did you, what did you feel about her? Um, I thought that it didn't need to happen. <laughs> okay, thank you. Um, it felt very awkward it's, and weird. It's been years since I watched the anime. I, I, I did at one point watch all the anime and some of the uh, the, the nearly released movies. Um, but I'm pretty sure there's mm-hmm. really no love interest. Like, it's pretty much just dudes in their cars. Um, mm. <laughs> um, so, in the first three that I watched, I think that the girl who's, like, interested in him there's like a little bit of a love interest there I don't know how true to like the anime that this character is to that girl I guess I would have to go and finish the anime um, don't do it to find out that's some old ass animation thank you okay that was gonna be hard that's why I stopped after three episodes I got tired yeah I can go to I can go to sleep to it (laughs) and then like some of the later ones um, uh, some of the later ones actually have CG cars Mm-hmm. So, like, they're anime cars, but then when they race their CG cars, it looks weird. Oh, my eyes. No. It gets worse. That's, that's, <laughs> I, that's like the speed, that's like that Speed Racer reboot, or like the Hot Wheels, sh- like, there's oh, always been a Hot Wheels yeah, show. Yeah, yeah, I, I remember those oh. shows. It hurt my eyes to watch it, so I was just like, well, this isn't for me. Yeah. And I'm tired. <laughs> um, yeah, so with her, yeah, it definitely didn't need to happen. I know it was there to kind of, like, give Takumi more character development yeah but i really go ahead sorry no i I just feel like it wasn't necessary and then like the whole reveal at the end yeah like i feel a way about it like it's not like (laughs) huh say the ways uh so it's not so like like the a B like basically a C plot of the movie is that you find out Natsuki is like basically she has a sugar daddy, um and so like he's ba- like yeah and like she's a high school student but then like we also know like with Japan they have you know what is the age of consent sixteen yeah it's really young yeah as we know from our Sailor Moon research and all that and that's why that's also weird but this isn't we're talking about like a real life character like uh, yes. it happening in real life I don't think we ever see the sugar daddy like his face and I, I wonder if that was done purposely think we do yeah that that might have been one of the things to make it weirder because I, I think you actually see him in the uh, in the show I think yeah and I thought with that, I thought like, okay, it's got because like the whole time I thought like, oh, who is her? Who is the sugar daddy going to be? I thought it was going to be some huge reveal that he was like somebody, like yeah. maybe he was a boss or some racer or like a gang leader, like something like that was connected, mm-hmm. and it, it it never like got to that point. But then at the end, I think like she tells him that they can't see each other anymore, and like as they were leaving, like she was breaking things off. He hugged her, and then. He leaves, but then Takumi sees, and then he runs away. And I was just like, <laughs> "That's where I was kind of like, 
Oh no, and before all that, it's Suki, the spoiled brat of the gas station owner. He's like calling her a prostitute. And I was yep. just like, okay, this is where I have problems. This is where like it's stemming from. Yep. Because <sighs> there's like a whole bunch going on. But there's stuff with like Natsuki that we don't get about her character there's, that's going on. Like, Yeah, I, I also think like the way that she was really... Um, really empathetic to the abuse that Takumi was mm-hmm. going through. I think there has to be something along the lines with that. Yes. Right? Yes. So I feel like okay. there was more to that character that she didn't get her justice. So then mm-hmm. she's just written off and deemed as like a prostitute in the end. Yeah. And then just like cast away. And I'm just like, that's really not fair to her. Cause like, and that, like, and I'm not condoning like, you know, um, what's the word? Statutory rape. Yeah. I'm not condoning that. Um, uh, if, for all we know, it was tr- purely like one of those sugar daddy situations where like he gave her money to spend time with him and go on dates, which that is its own thing. And she did what she had to do to take care of her and her mom. Mm-hmm. I'm not condoning statutory. And again, I'm saying I'm not condoning statutory rape. And I'm, and I'm not condoning underage dating. Or like all that and all that stuff. Not condoning that. I'm just saying I don't think we got enough of like she. Her character was painted as like, like went from like being a love interest to being like, oh, she's a whore. Yeah. And then like not giving her like the, the same understanding and empathy that she gave him. Yeah. Like she's truly a plot device, and that's kind of like I think that's what like she turned out to just be a plot device at the end mm-hmm. to like motivate him to go and become a street racer. Yeah. Um, I think you're 100 percent right on thank all you. of that. <laughs> yeah, like that was like a long thing, and she's such a minor character that I didn't think I would have that many thoughts about her. But like that was like my biggest like issues with it is just like you take this character, she's a love interest, and then you write her off as like she's a prostitute and dirty, and like that's it. Mm-hmm. She, we're done with her now. Instead of like she gave him empathy and like was empathetic and understanding of like what he went through and supportive of him. But it's like when the tables are turned, it's just like, oh nope, don't want you no more. Yeah, bye, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> yep, like, that's accurate. Yeah, and I'm just like, oh, so I get that we're supposed to feel sorry for Takumi, but I'm like, I don't really feel sorry for Takumi because yeah. he didn't even bother to try to understand what was going on. Yeah, we're feeling sorry for Takumi at the at the, at the expense of Natsuki, and it's after Natsuki has been like a freaking emotional rock for him. Exactly. Uh, yeah. that, that just left a bad taste in my mouth of how that ended in the movie. I was just like, okay, yeah. sure. That's how I can end. Um, and then just like a little bit more about Takumi. I'm sorry. Did you have anything you want to say about Natsuki? No, no, go ahead. You, you hit that right on the head perfectly. <laughs> so no, I have nothing else to say. <laughs> okay. um, so yeah, I kind of, I, I like Takumi up until like the ending, the latter half of the movie. Um, because like, I like the whole, like he's not even trying whole thing about his character. Like he wasn't even trying that hard to be good. He just, like, he naturally became good over, like, the course of, like, five years of driving his dad's car. Um, and he just didn't care about racing that much until, like, he started to care. Yeah. So I'm like, eh, I can, I can like this kind of, like, passive um, leading character. Because he, he just seems like he's not that interested yeah. at all. 
Yeah. No, I, I again, I think you're right. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, it's, it's totally anime where he like, he's pass he's passively not, I think that's why I liked it. It's like a, a very anime-esque where it's like, he's not interested in it at all, but he's perfect at it. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Like he's just, like he, he could care less about doing it, but oh, he does it and he's flawless and the best racer ever. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those things too, because like you, you see it in the beginning when he's talking to um, the shitty dude. Um, mm-hmm. and the, the guy, yeah, he's just like, oh, how, uh, you know, what uh, the guy's explaining how to drift to him, and he's just like, what? You don't do that. You you accelerate through the turns. <laughs> and he was like, no, yeah. you would fall off the mountain. And then, and uh, instead of like fighting with him, Sukumi's just like, mm-hmm. meh, okay. <laughs> yeah, he's just like the most passive personality. He doesn't like when you were watching it. He doesn't stick out. Yeah, from the cast. He's just very plain looking. He doesn't look very like he doesn't grab your attention. Like in most anime where like the main character has something that sets him apart mm-hmm. as far as like maybe it's his personality. Maybe it's the way he behaves. But his like hair. he does not have that. His hair. Yeah. True. <laughs> in true anime form, it's usually the hair. <laughs> Looking at you, Goku. <laughs> well, everybody in Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> oh, man. Um, I think that was really pretty much it. Like the other characters are really just like the other racers, who honestly, had a, a, I got confused of like how, because some characters just kept popping back up. Yeah, and I'm just like, what? What is your name again? Like, who are you? Why are you important? It's just like it's a bunch of races that happen. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Like, I, that's that's the thing. I, I wish that it hadn't had the the little like subplot of romance um i mean i think they mm-hmm. did it so we could understand what was happening at home with him but yeah. at the end of the day like did you just show us the races that's all it is yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, i mean i think i would have preferred more focus on that but yeah sure romance that really ended tragedy tragically for the girl mm-hmm but- yeah. Um, yeah. But I think the other cool thing. Uh, oh, I found out what that uh, that pop thing that we were talking about. It's called Eurobeat. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I'm assuming that means hmm. it's like some European pop techno type thing. <laughs> yeah. Eurobeat, that sounds about right. Yeah. Eurobeat <laughs> tracks were originally developed for the anime series and the film, as well as rap and hip hop. Hmm. Interesting. I'm trying to think of what that would be today. Like, what's the equivalent? Let's Google. What is Eurobeat today? Look like. All I think about, all I keep thinking about is uh, Tokyo Drift from uh, uh, the Teriyaki Boys. <laughs> I love that so much. <laughs> oh, there's like so much stuff. I can't, I, no one looks familiar to yeah, me on so this list. Yeah, dance, dance pop, Euro disco, high NRG, Italo disco, dance rock. House is probably the closest thing that you can think of. Um, I mean, maybe like Skrillex house or like old school house because I'm in Chicago. Like it, house in Chicago. Yeah. Oh, okay. here actually, if you look up Eurobeat, initial D is here. 
I see it. Yeah, so it says, Meanwhile in Japan in 1985, the term Eurobeat was applied to continental European dance music imports. And then if you go all the way down, it says, The anime series Initial D, based on the manga by um, Shuichi Shingo uh, Shigeno, uh, uses Eurobeat music regularly in its episodes during racing scenes between the characters. And because of this, it has come to the attention of some anime fans outside of Japan. Hmm. And we tie it all together. <laughs> there it is. There it is. Well, do you have anything else we want to say about the movie? Um, Before we get into ratings? that um, fun fact is that... Hold on, I just had it. Where was it? Uh, yeah, uh, Keiichi Suchia was mm-hmm. a stunt coordinator and stuntman uh, in Initial D but also for Fast and the Furious. Makes sense. Yeah. Um, Makes complete sense. So in Fast and the Furious Tokyo Drift, uh, specifically, he's a professional race car driver. Um, So he was a consultant Mm. on both. Uh, He is actually known as the Drift King. Um, Okay. So, and he was active from like 1994 to like 2000. Um, So they they had somebody who knew their stuff. But I also think that that lends heavily to the fact that Tokyo Drift is just initial D. It truly oh, okay. Yakuza. That was gonna be like one of my closing. <laughs> that, yeah, yeah. The big yeah, plot line. <laughs> yeah. Shoot. Like most American studio movies that take place in Japan, they always bring in the yakuza. And sometimes put Gerard Leto in it. Or Jared Leto Is in it? it. Wait. Oh my god! Dang it! That movie did happen, yep. didn't it? <laughs> Kate, I pushed it out of my brain. I push most I things with that it to out go of my brain. Away, Kate. Uh, uh, now it's back. I never watched it, and I never will probably. Like, damn it! Thanks, Kate. <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, I deserve it. I gave you Promise Neverland. This is just payback. <laughs> so good though. This this is not good. You're welcome. <laughs> no, it's not. Um, no, but like to your point, like that's what I was gonna say because like. Initial D. Okay, so let's get into like, did they have to? And then I'm like, that yeah. kind of like rolls into this. So what do you what, do? You think they had to? I think they had to. I I, I think that this movie doesn't age well. Um, it's it's a movie Mm-mm. of its time. Actually, it's not even a movie of its time. It's a movie of ten years before the time the movie was made. Um, yes, if we're being honest. Um, mm-hmm. That being said, I think for knowing the impacts and, and just like what we've recounted here the impact it had on car culture and the ring the impact it had on street racing um both in the states in japan and pretty much everywhere else mm-hmm. i do think they did have to and it, it, they and they had to in a way that they were um it was perfect to adapt i guess like you have a, a franchise mm-hmm. that has a lot of anime a lot of games a lot of manga um why not put it to live action when it's such a simple premise and it's there's nothing crazy going on um it's hiding a lar- it's highlighting a large part of um what has become japanese street culture um so i think in that in that vein, it had to. It's by no means a good movie, um, but if you're if if you're into cars and stuff, I, I think that this is that this was necessary. Um, I don't think we'd have um, like obviously Tokyo Drift without this movie, and I, I love Tokyo Drift. So, 
Agreed. And that's kind of like, that's my closing. So yes, I do agree. I think they had to, because just like the vast library of content that it has, it makes sense for the natural progression for this to be a movie. Like it makes sense that this would go into live action. And I do agree also that like it contributes, it contributes to just like the like drift culture being introduced to America, to like American culture, like with racing and like and in movies in Hollywood and all that like that like it is like basically the genesis of it yeah when it come, like as far as like we know like from media yeah because like before that I knew about Tokyo Drift I didn't know about drifting before Tokyo Drift but like now seeing this how this predates Tokyo Drift and like the anime surely predates it mm-hmm. and everything in the manga like this is totally like the introduction of drift culture to like more like beyond its reach in Japan yeah. to like other people and influencing movies and film and video games. So like, I think like just like the amount of influence it has and like, you're right without this movie, there probably wouldn't have been a Tokyo drift. Yeah. Like even though like in, in the weird fast and furious timeline universe, it, Tokyo drift has been written out uh, and doesn't exist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I had to mess with you. Oh. Cause I just, it's bow wow. And that movie. Yeah. I don't. I'm not gonna go down that path. It's fine. I mean, you, you, you love you, it, so you, I love it. I'm like, you. You just gonna hurt my heart with Han. Han no. deserved better. Han deserved better, and that was pretty much my issue. Is just like Han deserved a lot better than this. And uh, yeah, well, that's the and thing. I, like this Tokyo Drift sits apart from everything else, and it actually frustrates me because there's a very live culture of drifters in the U.S. And I, I, I don't think that like I mean, granted, after this one is when like all of Fast and Furious goes off the rails. So I guess I can't be too frustrated. Hmm. That's true. And I think, which I guess what I was going to add is like, I think had this movie been more successful, yeah, it would have, it, it totally would have been the Fast and Furious. It would have had the same, maybe would have yeah. had the same power that Fast and Furious has. I don't know if it's just like there wasn't a market for it at the time, or maybe like it just well, wasn't well received. And it doesn't age the best in like the way it was shot. So like maybe if it was given a bigger budget. But I think Initial D had the potential to have 511 movies like Fast and Furious. Yeah, and I think too, um, I mean, they're like, uh, shit ton of anime ones but like i think too mm-hmm. is like this only got a release in asia it didn't get a release anywhere else true, um, true. so that Which probably is... would have impacted it too um, oh for sure especially like we saw oh go ahead no no no. continue i was gonna say especially because at this point you have a real height like early 2000s real height in american consumption of anime um initial mm-hmm. d used to play on g4 um in the U.S., um, G4 is a gaming oh, channel. Wow. Um, yeah, Initial D used to be on that that channel. Um, the anime. Dang. Um, I remember I used to watch it. <laughs> um, no, I remember G4. That was dope. I yeah, I missed that. I missed that channel so much. Good times. Oh, gave us Olivia Munn. So. Uh-huh. Yeah, no. What I was gonna say is like because we kind of saw that with like when we reviewed Lupin the Third. Like that movie, yeah. It's just like, why didn't this take off? Like, what? It, like, but then we realize, oh, it's not like it was released in American studios, and it's kind of like goes back to our discussion that we had with with Adrian um, when we talk about Dragon Ball Super Brawly. It's like 
the reason like these movies need to get more international releases and that's to say like if they can get international releases and not just be remade by american studios is so that the they can get you know the dollars like the dollars to prove like oh we can release this into the states and it'll get more popular and it can get made and it can become a franchise mm-hmm. like and i think like we've talked about like because I think we think like I thought Lupin the Third that movie was great. Yeah, like that 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 deserved that deserves to have seven sequels. Like, I mean, I know it's a lot, but like, but just, they could do it. They could do it easily. They could do it easily. There could be because there's like fifty Lupin the Third animated movies, and you never have to do this whole explain who everybody is because once you've done one, they all look the same. Yeah. You just get to do a bigger, you get to do a different heist, bigger stakes, insert different new characters, have the same core cast. It just should have been that way. But like, we know that like it premiered at like a film festival in the, in like LA and it wasn't well received there. So they probably didn't bother trying to push for it to be released in the US theaters because it would have been a small release here too. So that just goes to show like that's a whole other issue when it comes to like things from overseas i think it's more like with like live action movies and then this one granted was made in china right yeah yeah this one was made in china so it's like i can't think of how many movies that come over here come from china or japan and they're not remakes when they come here like because they're already talking about remaking um train to busan which is like we can just get just re, uh, just re-release it don't remake it with an american cast just re-release it but that's like how it works over here it's like we don't get the original like live action adaptations of like these movies yeah, in the there u.s was, theaters there was talk of uh doing an american remake of um the wailing the Korean mm. possession film, which is phenomenal. Um, and I don't think mm-hmm. it'll work because the reason that movie is so different is because it's it it it's it's possession from the Korean lens, mm-hmm. which is different than what we get here. And I don't think fuck, I don't think people people understand that. Um, I do genuinely want to say another idea for the podcast uh, for a podcast that I have is looking at American adaptations of other people's horror movies because there are a lot of them. <laughs> yes. Um, and I love watching horror movies. Um, there are a lot we of them just on call, We can have like a sub, we can have a, a sub sister of like, did you have to? Ooh. And then like have it like <gasps> no. be the horror. You know what we could do? We could do like a Patreon or like a PayPal thing, and we could be like, "Hey, if we reach ten dollars, we're we'll do like the adaptation of a video game." Um, and yeah. like if we reach twenty five, like we could do with different adaptations. Because I know I've had multiple people ask us if we're going to do video game stuff, and in talking about this, yeah. there was that terrible Aaron Paul movie that was Need for Speed. Oh. Oh, I remember. I never watched it. Yeah, we it, don't have to get money. But... <laughs> we deserve money for that, so let's do that. Yeah. Oh. I'm down with that. Yeah. Oh, but to wrap things up, sorry, guys. <laughs> we get, we're we getting long-winded, but we're almost done. Um, so what would you give this rating? <laughs> um... Uh, I mean... I'd probably give it, like two drinks because it just it wasn't that bad of an adaptation i just the damn cuts were terrible in the the directing of this movie Mm -hmm. um it was off um it's hard for me to watch so such dated 
material. Yes. Um. So that's that's the only reason it was it wasn't it wasn't horrible. Like it's it's a it's a pretty good adaptation from what I remember and and just knowing yeah. what it does. Like, two. I'm gonna give it two drinks. I'm gonna give it five. Okay. For same reason. Yeah. For the same reasons, and it's just because like I had to stop the movie one night because I just I could not finish it, <laughs> and I started it again the next night. That's fair. And then I finished it the following night. That's fair. I just, but it was it was very much the datedness of the movie. Yeah. Made it, and the direction of the movie just made it so hard to watch. And again, I'll give them credit because when you got a twelve million dollar budget, that yeah, I imagine that's still not like that's a lot of money. But, like, to do everything you got to do, maybe that's not a lot of money. Yeah. I don't know what goes into making a movie, but, like, I feel like $12 million, that's a small budget. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, so, I'm impressed with, like, what you can do with it, but, yeah. Shit. Yeah, so I say five. Yeah. And they said shit because Miss Bala was made on 14, and that that was ass. Mm. (laughs) It's all good. Um, Yeah. Yeah, no, I think that I think that's fair. Thank you. Uh, very, very All fair. Alrighty. Thanks. So now we have now it's the time for our closing words. Yeah. Always struggle. Oh yeah. Well, we need to tell people where they can find us first. Oh um, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> so if you're listening right now and you have not rate review, if you have not rated us or reviewed us on iTunes and you listen to us on iTunes, please do. It really, really helps out. Um, and spread the word. Uh, follow us on and at, on Twitter at dyht underscore pod. Tell other people to follow us. Retweet our episodes. Um, that's 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 like the best thing you can do to help us out. Um, yes, get the word out and there. We appreciate it. Yeah, tell people, yeah. hey, wanted to want to come listen to these two women who love anime and and tall men talk about anime adaptations. <laughs> uh, go listen to this. I think we're pretty funny and cool and fun. And I'm just going to give my handle now so we can close out this episode. You can follow me at Omar yeah. Randier on Twitter. And you can follow me at LA underscore NEY underscore SHA. That's at Lanisha. And yeah, all the things Kate said times two because we real. <laughs> we don't sugarcoat here. And you know, Crunchyroll, get at us. Yeah. Also animation. Whoever wants to pay us. Or, uh, or give us anime. Or Toei. <laughs> or... <laughs> Listen, if Toei, if Toei hits us up, I got some, I got some words. We, we got to we, we, we talk. When am I getting more broadly? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I need it. I need some more Brawley and Chile. <laughs> so, girl, get you on need it. a cosplay Chile already. I should, but I don't have a. I don't have a white wig. I just. I need to, like as long as people are. <laughs> I'll make enough excuses. I'm gonna figure it out. That, but like, I do. I know. I know you do. Like uh, I know you do. Like uh, what do you call it? Uh, low uh, low maintenance low cosplay. maintenance cosplay. But if you're gonna do yeah. like if you're ever gonna do one all out cosplay, girl, do Chile. Because I think it would be perfect. Maybe that's like another like little PayPal thing we can do is like donate to the cosplay fund. Donate to the Chile fund. Do it. Yes. Then like we can just find me a big brolic looking man to be brolic. I was just about to say that. Yeah. Yeah, because oh we know, we you know my type. Out, you need to find out if um, if Big Nasty is going to be at an appearance <gasps> and dress up as Chalet and take a picture Bitch, with him. Bitch, I would <laughs> die. 
I would die. Oh my god. And all for those who don't know, Big Nasty is Florian Montanu. He is the fine ass giant of a man who is six five who fights the hell out of Michael B. Jordan. He towers over Michael B. Jordan. He does. Like, let me just I'm paint. like, who the hell let these guys get in a ring together? They are not the same weight class. That is a terrible me and Carolyn <laughs> talk about that in our movie review of like this is a terrible storyline, but we're gonna let it rock because fine men hitting each other. Yes. Mm-hmm. Also, giant man hitting smaller, smaller. Also, giant man. Uh, y'all yes. still have a type. It, yep. it is. It, it's not a problem. I'm good. It's not a problem. Anyways, <laughs> will I ever stop thirsting after giant men? Will I ever put together a chili Chile cosplay? And will I finally be off of grounded duty? Find out next time on Did You Have To? Bye. Bye.